1: Your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Ben Standick here for another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Talking to you guys Wednesday night, big day in uh, DC sports scene. Of course, the biggest news the, the undefeated Washington Wizards suffered their first preseason loss. Maybe they had uh, too much mold in their hotel. I don't know. Uh <laughs> Wizards lost to the Miami Heat. Uh, Really actually intense fourth quarter, uh, with the second units of both teams out there. Miami Heat, Jordan, uh, uh, Miami Heat forward, Jordan Mickey hits a three pointer with like a second left and the Wizards lose. Um, I'll talk a little bit about that. Kelly Oubre was a big factor in that game and to sort of connect with that, I'm going to play for you guys an interview I conducted with Oubre this week. Uh, really uh, kind of a a spontaneous interview that I actually, I really kind of liked, uh, with, with, with the young man talking about the fact that he is a young man and, and what is what is it like to be a 21-year-old in this man's world. Um, talked about how pissed off he was not playing at the end of uh, that Celtic series, but it's not a matter of being... But the, the interesting part on some of those, who is he mad at and why? We'll get to all that in just a second. Quick reminder, you can, of course, find all of our podcasts for the Lockdown Wizards on iTunes, if you're there, if, if, you, if you're an iTunes person but you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button. You got a second to leave a five-star, uh, uh, hit, hit the five-star button and leave a, a cool review. That would be swell as well. You want to hit me up on Twitter, I am at BenStandig. You want to shoot me an email, bstandig1 at gmail.com. And um, also, we are doing a, I mentioned before this week, we are doing an ESPN Fantasy Basketball League. Well, it's on ESPN, but you know, whatever. Among the Locked On Wizards. Uh, families, uh, have received quite a few, um, people interested. All I asked was shoot me a tweet, either at Ben Standick or leave a message on the iTunes page saying you want in and tell me why you want in. And, uh, and I will have a panel, uh, put together. We'll figure out the best entries and we'll, we'll, uh, put, put a, uh, put a link together. I've got some friends of the podcast on as well. So, Hit me up on Twitter at Ben Standing or leave a message on the iTunes page if you want in the fantasy draft. I will probably let everybody know this weekend. The draft will be on Tuesday night, eight o'clock East Coast time. Uh all right. Let's um let's get into this. I, I'm I will be honest with you guys. I always try to be when I can. I didn't see much of this game. Uh I saw about, saw the second half. I was dealing with some other things earlier, and honestly, i uh, I had to figure out a way to watch it since it wasn't on TV. Eventually, I did work that out. What what I can tell you is I did watch, the, like I said, a good chunk of the second half. And I don't know if there was anything I saw from the starters that was particularly interesting other than Jason Smith. He started the power forward, hit four or five threes, three in the first half. He led the way with 20 points. You know, look, obviously, with Cason Smith hitting the three, that's where he's going to be most effective for this team. He can make that three, provide them with some energy in general. He's a heady player, all that stuff. Those are his positives. If he can do those things at a good clip. I mean, don't expect 20 points or anything on a regular basis. But if he makes those outside shots, that at least is going to help them on, the other, on that end of the court. The other end of the court is where... You know, it's going to be trickier for him going up against NBA uh, power forwards. And Miami defense, particularly in the second half that I saw, was really moving the ball well. It seemed like they took advantage of Jason Smith a couple of times defensively. I wouldn't say it was all on him, and I would like to go back and watch the, the, the game to get a better feel for the defensive breakdowns. I'm probably not going to do that. Since it's preseason, but nonetheless, um th- that was, th- that was a little noticeable. And if you look here at the stats, the Miami Heat finished 16 of 40 from 3, that's 40%. That's, uh, that's no bueno. Again, not saying that that was all on Jason Smith by in, in individual, but um, you know, that, 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 that's going to be a defensive issue for the Wizards with him there. And, uh, you know, the Wizards defense in general, especially again, at the points that I was watching, you know, you saw Miami scoring at a fairly decent clip, and they did so, no Goran Dragic in this game. They're, you know, they're all, all, uh, all-star point guard. No Hassan Whiteside, who's just a Wizards killer. He didn't play. No Dion Waiters. So, you know, Miami was without, you know, essentially their three best players and their offense was still, uh, still cooking. Um, but just some other stats here, just looking really quick. John Wall, 16 points and 8 assists in 27 minutes with only one turnover. That is tidy work there uh Bradley Beal 15 points, Otto Porter 11, Marching Gortat had 8. As for the bench guys, two uh two things that stood out in particular. One, look, you know, if I, if we never have to talk about last year's point guard situation again, it would be better for all of us. We may not have to, at least not we, we basically may not have to if if the Tim Frazier who who played tonight after missing the last couple weeks with a groin injury if the Tim Frazier we saw tonight is the Tim Frazier that the Wizards are going to get this year we yeah we, we can put those memories to rest uh he had nine assists in 21 minutes he also hit what he hit the go ahead shot with about five seconds left a tough layup in traffic that was uh, a, a very nice play but I, you know I thought just looking at the flow of the second unit in general. Again, it's preseason. Let's caveat that all over the place. Um, but, you know, I, watching Frazier with Ubre and Jan Mahimi and Jody Meeks and Mike Scott for the most part, it looked like a, it, it looked like a fairly competent unit. Uh, you know, there, there there's probably maybe not enough scoring for my, Bennett, for my take, or maybe you'd like to see a guy who could sort of be a go-to score for that unit. Um, you know, Jody Meeks, 0 for 5 from 3 after a sizzling start in the first 3 games from distance, so. Um, You know, so there's that. Mike Scott, though, he made five of nine shots. Mahimi was four of seven from inside. And and I just think that it it felt like they had a pretty good flow, and I give Frazier a lot of credit for that. Uh, The other, though, key point of this, and I mentioned Kelly Oubre earlier, is Kelly Oubre. He, the last, I don't know exactly, three, four minutes, he was a monster. And I don't say that lightly. He was making plays all over the place. On both ends of the court, I was keeping track here, and this is a loose play-by-play. Uh, play, but late in the game, he had a stretch where he had he soared up to get an offensive rebound, put back dunk. On the next possession, he forced a turnover from uh, from Miami with with just straight hustle play that, that led to the ball going out of bounds. The next possession for the Wizards, he hit, he got another offensive rebound, and then later in the possession, went to the free throw line, made two free throws to put the Wizards up one. He, later in the game, with 10 seconds left, he drew a charge on Justice Winslow. The Wizards come back down, and Frazier hits that shot, which gave him the lead that they ultimately didn't um, <clears throat> hold on to. Oubre finished with not one, not two, but 14 rebounds. 14 rebounds in 26 minutes to go with 10 points. Um... You know, look, everything I just described was like the hustle stuff. The the rebounding, the defense. If if Kelly Oubre does that, that's going to be ginormous for this team. Now, he was 0 for 4 from three. That's not great, Bob, Uh, (laughs) for you Mad Men uh, folks out there. Hopefully you get that reference. Uh, But there was a lot of good stuff here. From, from, from Ubre. So, uh, you had it like that. Like I said, I just thought the second unit, th- there was a lot of intensity in that fourth quarter. I thought they looked, uh, pretty good. The one other thing here to note the Wizards played 10 players, the 10, the, the five bench guys plus the five starters. So, this kind of felt like what we probably will see from a regular rotation for this team, which meant, I mean, obviously, Marquise Morris is still injured, so there's that. But I'm talking about what we'll see likely at the start of the season. Uh, but that also meant no Tomas Sadaransky. He did not play. Look, Sadoransky is probably the 11th guy right now, and that means he's not going to get a ton of minutes, most likely, barring foul trouble or injuries or something like that. It also means in this particular case, we didn't get either Carrick Felix or Donald Sloan. Uh, sounds like these two guys are battling for one spot unless the Wizards... Figure out a way to unload Sheldon Max contract, even though he's now officially you know out for the year. He had surgery uh, this week on his um, Achilles. So, uh, so that was a you know notable. Uh, the Wizards have one preseason game left against the Knicks. I'm going to guess Scott Brooks has already indicated earlier in the week that s- somebody won't won't be playing. Maybe there could be maybe multiple somebodies. You know, Wall and Beal each play about 27, 28 minutes. All the starters went at least 22. Everybody that played went at least 20 because they only played 10 guys, and it was pretty balanced. So, you know, the, the, he's not going to sit everybody. So, I, uh, But nonetheless, you figure some guys won't play in that last game, or at least one guy won't play if I'm reading Brooks correctly, and that'll give a chance for the sadaranskis Sloans, and, and uh, Felixes to get in there. Um, so we'll see. How that unfolds. Uh, so there you go. That's the Wizards Heat recap for you. And, um, you know, good, good stuff. Like I said, I was heartened by what we saw from the second unit. And I think at the moment, that's, uh, that's good enough. I'm sort of stalling here because I was trying to see. Yeah, the, the Wizards are next, their, their final preseason game, Friday, 7 30 against the Knicks. Uh, so, uh, I don't even know if that's on TV. I'm going to guess it's not. If you've got the monumental app, I guess you can listen to that, but, or you could watch that, I guess, but, uh, or, you know, if you're in New York, I guess you can watch the MS, MSG, and then you can tell us all what happened. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter at Ben standing and, you know, I'll, I'll if, you, if you, if you're watching that, the Knicks wizards, and, I, and especially if I'm not, and you want to tell me what's happening, I will retweet you and let the world know what is, um, what, what is going on. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I'll get to the Kelly Oubre interview here in just a second, but just uh, they like us to let you guys know that the Locked On Podcast Network has many interesting podcasts. Um, oh, well, you know what? Let me let me skip that for half a second. I meant to say this earlier. I did uh, part one of my Eastern Conference preview with Dan Feldman. That was the podcast I put up for Wednesday morning. I'm going to put up part two for Friday morning because it's a little bit of a longer one and it'll, that way you guys will have the weekend to, con- to consume it. And like I said, I thought the UberA connection today made sense since he played. But part one was a lot of fun with, uh, with, with Dan. I asked him, I had five specific questions. Of course, we veered off into many other topics, but questions, topics included who is the second best player in the Eastern Conference, uh, most, uh, uh, who, who's the potential breakout performer in the East? Which of the top five teams could be, is the most likely to disappoint? It's got into the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, Indiana Pacers, a lot, lot of, lot of fun stuff there. And part two, similar fun to be had, I promise. And we do get into a little bit more specific on the Wizards and uh, with, with Dan. So check that out. As well. All right, Kelly Oubre, a very interesting young man to say the least. He, I always say that he's got confidence at a Kanye West level. I don't think I'm wrong about that. I, I, I think I'm right about that because uh, that's just what you see. But you know, he's he's at the, he's simultaneously very sure of he's very confident, but is willing to show vulnerability with the way he talks about himself, what he needs to work on, his frustrations. We talked about the fact that um, he's for for guys only 21. He's lived he, he's had a lot go on in his life. Of course, he moved from New Orleans to Houston as a young as a young boy because of Hurricane Katrina, and now his adopted hometown of Houston deals with a hurricane this year as well. So we got into some of that as well. Lots to lots to, um, to lots to discuss. Lots lots for you guys to hear. I'd love to know your feedback. What you guys think of this uh, podcast? after you listen to it, so you hit me of course on Twitter at Ben or leave messages on the iTunes page. Alright, no more stalling from me. Here's Kelly Ubre talking about many things about Kelly Ubre. Thanks, man. How are you? How we doing? All right. Um I just hadn't a chance to catch up to you um solo, I guess since uh, since, since we got things started here. Um I guess it's first let's discard this year how's it going? Like how uh, how's life at this point for you?
0: Uh, everything is good. Um, you know, everything is more defined and more streamlined, so I know exactly what I need to do on a day in, day out basis. Um, so, uh, you know, by me knowing exactly what my routine is, you know, I feel like I can just focus on being great, and that's how I'm doing right now.
1: You know, I I forget sometimes of all you guys, that you guys are young men. Um, you guys are way younger than me. Mm-hmm. You in particular. Or, or, or you're still the you still the young scam team yeah um, and so like when I see things like you know you pre-game you get all fired up with your jumps and, mm. and other things I, I sometimes like what's going on here and then I'm like oh yeah he's this is this is what you do back back yeah. then and so I always have to remind myself that you're a young man in this man's world you've been here now mm-hmm. for, for a while do you do you see yourself as? You have to. Does somebody ever have to say to you, "Hey, man, you're still. It's okay. It's cool. Be, be, uh, be, be fun. You know, stay young."
0: Yeah, my dad has to tell me that. But, but my dad, he raised me to be a mature young man. So, you know, I just feel like I'm ahead of my learning curve. Uh, you know, my whole life I've been trying to just beat the curve and just try to stay ahead of my class and of my grade of my age. You know, so you know, my mind is definitely thinking ahead it's always in the now but it's more so thinking ahead so you know i'm just aware i've I've gone through life at a fast pace at this age um and you know i pretty much know my surroundings so i feel like i'm a little bit more mature than a regular 21 year old and
1: i'm sure you know i hate to go bring up the real world stuff but you know you moved from new orleans to louisiana I to new orleans to uh, houston because of katrina Mm -hmm. and now this summer you get the, the harvey situation i know you're i don't know how often you go back to Houston, but what was that like to have to, you know, realize or deal with any of that? that it happened again?
0: Um, you know, it, it, it brought me back to 2005, honestly, you know, because you know, I just remember that Houston was the people that housed us, when you know, we were, we were hurting, and, you know, we tried to do the same for them, but we just, we we're we not recovered yet as in New Orleans. We we're not all the way recovered, so we couldn't help them as much as possible. But me being in this place in my life, I feel like I can help those. And, you know, for my family, the, the, the biggest detriment um, that we faced during the storm was, you know, that our pets and our family pets couldn't travel with us because they're too big. We didn't have enough money to pay for them to be traveled. Our cars wouldn't fit because we had to bring furniture. So you know, I just you know I donated twelve thousand to you know the SPCA um, to help for the pets that you know were harmed, and endangered, pretty much through all these storms. And you know, I got matched by the Wizards and the PA. So um, you know, that's definitely a blessing for me to me to be able to help those families who were stuck in the houses because of their pets. So you know, that's something that people don't 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 see, and uh, you know, something I'm just trying to help. You know, to do the little things to help people that I can.
1: Um no that's that's cool. I'm am a pet guy too, so I uh, yeah. respect respect that aspect. Um just to swing it back to basketball, and make that awkward turn. Yeah. Um, I, I talked over the summer. I talked to Drew Hamlin out in uh, Vegas. Talked about you. Talked about Brad. Things we're working on. And mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing for them, him to tell me what you're working on. It's one thing for you to put up some videos in the summer what you're working on. But then we got to see it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been talking about the fact that we've seen you get to the basket with your right hand. You're making plays with that. I, I'm sure that was a. I know that was a big emphasis. How do you feel about that part of your game right now, in particular?
0: Um, it was, it's just fun to get better. So. I've just been pounding my right hand, you know, getting the repetitions in and making myself feel comfortable and confident. I've always had a right hand, I've just been scared to use it. Um, you know, so now that I've got the reps and in practice, you know, I'm starting to use it more. I'm starting to feel more confident. So it's just getting funny, and I get giddy when I, you know, my teammates get happy about me scoring with my right hand because that's just something that's, you know, so so little. But at the end of the day, it makes them happy to see me improving. So you know, I just want to continue to improve on my teammates and you know, be the guy that you know everybody looks for. And the young guy, like the young guy getting better. So that's what I want to do.
1: I mean, I guess it's just one of those things that like we all recognize. If you can play with both hands, it just opens up so much more. So yeah, it's just exciting to see. it again, it's reminder you, know, you should be what right now a senior in college. yeah right or so so you know yeah okay great so yeah. so so now that's coming um three point shot I know that one of the things was you moved your hand over so you weren't sort of blocking your vision how is that part of
0: your game going um yeah I feel like I'm shooting at a consistent clip in practice um I haven't really um got a, been able to you know, hit as many shots as I want to in the game, but that's just like my fatigue through legs and, you know, through the mechanics, the lower body mechanics, and my upper body mechanics feel great. Um, you know, during the season, I'll get, my legs are break in, I'll feel good, and, you know, I'll start hitting a consistent rate. You know, I just want to shoot 40% this year, and that's my goal. Um, and, you know, I'm sticking to that. It's a good goal. Um, and just lastly, when we talk about this
1: team as a whole, obviously the way it ended losing the Game 7 to Boston is, you know, I know it was tough for everybody, and we've asked all the players in different ways how much did that weigh on your thoughts in the summers you're getting ready for the season. I don't know. Generally, that was obviously where you are as well. But for you in particular, I know you didn't get to play as much in the last two games as you'd wanted. How much did that – what did you think about that in the moment? What did you think about that over the summer, and how is that gonna kind of help fuel you now?
0: I mean I was really upset at the moment, um you know, because I felt like I could have helped my team um, you know, at least get a couple stops or at least do a little something in in, in the Celtics territory. But and also seeing KO go off for twenty seven in game seven, you know, that's something that really stuck with me because, you know, the things that we went through. But um, you know, it's in the past right now. I used it as fuel in the summer. Um, it's still on my mind. Um, you know, I just I won't ever forget that because that's a turning point in my life where I feel like I could have, you know, you know, done something to help my team out and I just hate when I'm I'm not able to, you know, help out people that I love and people that I see, you know, are in need. So, you know, but that was on my mind the whole summer, man. I, I used that to feel my improvement, and I will continue using motivation little things like that to continue to help myself get better because, you know, self-motivation is what's going to push me to be the greatest that I want to be. So, you know, I just need to find little things like that to motivate me at all times. So, Does it help?
1: You say self-motivation. Does it help when people wow. like me bring it up to help kind of fuel it more? Because I know, like, for me... If I'm dealing with some issue, but nobody's talking to me about it, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll remember to deal with it. But sometimes it'll get lost in my own head and, and, I, and it, won't, it, won't become, it won't come up in like six months later. But oh, that's right, I was supposed to go to the gym. Right. Does, well,
0: does, does that order? I mean, when you say like you, I'm not saying like the you in general, I'm just saying like in media, So I told you that whole story. You can go ahead and flip that in like a hundred different ways. You could say that I was calling out coach, you could say that I was calling out my team, you could say that I was calling out the organization, but I wasn't. And I was calling out myself because that's who deep down inside, that's who I face every day. I have to look in the mirror and and face myself and, you know, be satisfied with myself. So I had to think about what did I not do right, you know, in the past, previous games or in practice to not be able to put myself on the court. Um, So, you know, I'm not, I would never call our coach, you know, he made a decision that was right for the team, but at the end of the day, I was just more upset with myself and I used that as as self-motivation to, you know, wake up at 7 a.m. and, Go to, go to the gym and work out with Drew and then go straight from Drew to work, go to weights and work out at, at nine and weights and then go to Pilates and do all this stuff in the summertime. That's what I do, you know, because I didn't take a vacation. I've never taken a vacation in my life. I'm 21 years old and I feel like I'll take a vacation when I see that big contract hit. Um, you know, God, you know, Godspeed. So. You know, just self-motivation is something I, I need and I've been, you know, taught to use as motivation going forward. So, like, when we see you in New York, you're still going to the gym? Like I'm working with Chris Brickley, you know, every day, um... So, yeah, I mean, I was still getting it in. uh, And that was uh, was the first time I was able to work out because I had the PRP injection. So, you know, working out with Chris was something that i really been missing. So, you know, we went really hard at 7 a.m. every morning before my shows and before the fashion shows and stuff like that. And people were saying, like, I was posting a lot of pictures about fashion, and they were like, you know, you need to be in the gym getting better. And I'm like, y'all don't know anything because I'm getting better every day. That's what I do. You know, that's what I love to do. So
1: it frustrates me as, like, somebody who does this, like, when fans – criticize a player for doing X. I'm like, okay, look, first of all,
0: do do you go to work for 24 hours today? I assume you went to work and then you did other things. Well, I mean, fans are fans. You know, they don't know what's going on inside this Capital One arena right now. You know, we just got into two-hour practice, you know, waits before practice, shoot workout before practice, and, you know, we had practice. So now, you know, we're going home and relaxing and using our – normal people lives and, you know, our NBA lives will stay here, you know, until tomorrow, until we come back and practice. So, you know, we, we NBA players, man, but we also regular people, man. My heart beats the same as any uh, other random 20-year-old. So, you know. Yeah, um, last question for me. uh for me, there's nobody else here.
1: Um, presumably whenever Markeith comes back, it'll be the same starting five from last year and you'll be a key piece on that second unit. Scott has said they're still trying to figure out what to do while Markeith is out. Mm-hmm you'll do whatever he says, I know. But would you prefer on some level to sort of be with that second unit just from the jump because you got new pieces, J- Jody and Tim and Jan wasn't here a lot, and get get that rhythm going? Or would you kind of like the opportunity to start knowing that you'll have to you'll probably change whenever Marquis comes back?
0: Um, that's a great question uh, because – I want to start. I want to be a starter in this league. You know, I want to be a starter on this team. Um, you know, I want to be a starter because you know I feel like that's the way I'm. That's the direction I'm headed uh, to be a starter one day. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm looking at this team and looking at the diagram of it. I'm I'm happy where I'm at. I'm at. You know, I'm able to be putting the starting lineup and to be able to be put in the second unit. So I'm just. In a, it's a good problem to have. I don't try to overthink it because if I'm in the starting lineup, I'm gonna do exactly what I need to do in the starting lineup to help the starting lineup thrive. If I'm in the second unit, I'm gonna do what I need to do to help the second unit thrive. Man, I'm just trying to. Do different you know level mentally this year because I'm tired of people saying that the second unit is not you know good, the wizards need a second unit when like technically I've been you know sitting and pretty much waiting my turn in the second unit to, to help. You know, I haven't really been able to do much because we had like you know guys that will come in and pretty much you know it was just been different. You know, so now I feel like we have a core base, and we know who's going to play. You know, we know you know exactly what the routine is every game. So it w- it wouldn't affect us that much, no matter if I'm in the second unit or not, starting earlier in the season. Cool,
1: appreciate it, man. Right, man.
0: That's
1: right, a All right, there you have it, Wizards forward Kelly Oubre. I don't know. Like I said, I I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that discussion. He's an interesting young man, to say the least, and uh, he's an interesting piece. For the Wizards, uh, he will be talked about more when I get to my part two of my Eastern Conference preview with Dan Feldman. There's a little bit of a spoiler there, so you want to check that out. Uh, probably put that up, like I said, for, uh, Friday morning's show to have the, so you guys have that into the weekend. Uh, you can miss, make sure you don't miss part one. Put that up on Wednesday morning's podcast. That was a good one, I thought, as well. And, uh, of course, all the podcasts we've been putting up over the last few weeks here on the Lockdown Wizards podcast as the Wizards move rapidly closer to the season opener October 18th against the 76ers. Let's end it there. Thank you guys as always for your time. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Also, a uh, quick shout out to, uh, our pal Neil Dalal who is, uh, helping me put together show notes for these podcasts so we can, uh, you guys can kind of see What's there? Uh, sometimes I know that uh, the, hopefully 30 minutes or less is not that intimidating of a time, but, uh, you know, if you're, you know, you're looking more to get in and out, hopefully seeing the show notes will help you, um, maybe see where somewhere you want to jump in, but ideally, you know, go to the start, stay to the finish. Hopefully it's a good, good listen and, um, we're all having a good time. NBA season's almost here. I'm excited. You're excited. What could be bad? All right. That's it for me signing off until next time. See ya. Neal
0: gets open for three. Dagger! Right. Right. shot. Dagger! All ball. All.